This is Monday, April 25th, and we're getting started today with a new series on the city of Miami and how we live as Christ followers here. I remember when Sandy and I slipped away from our home in New Jersey to visit Miami over Memorial Day weekend of 1999. We'd moved away in 1983, just a few months after we were married. We had no intention or plan of returning to Miami, but God had different plans for us. Over that long weekend, we marveled at how much the city had grown. Indeed, across my lifetime, I've seen the city go from being a small southern town to what it is now, a major world-class global city. And it wasn't just numerical growth, that was part of it. But the arts have begun to blossom here. Cultural growth was beginning to surge. We could see that a new day was coming for this great city. Indeed, the growth and maturing of cities has been happening worldwide. Just recently, as we learned in worship yesterday, a new milestone has been reached. More than half of the world's population now lives in cities. So how are we to think about this? How are we to live in a great city, in the city of Miami? Here's our text from today, for today, from Daniel chapter 1, verse 3 to 7. Then the king ordered Aspenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names, to Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and Azariah Abednego. Now this is the story of Daniel from the book, that book in the Old Testament that bears his name. And here's the backstory: During the 7th century before Jesus was born, Babylon rose to prominence in the world. The great city of Babylon was nestled between the Tigris and Euphrates River in what is now Iraq. Slowly, this mighty people began to defeat the surrounding nations, and among those nations was Judah. Judah was fully taken captive by the year 586 BC, and the strategy of the Babylonians was to bring the wealth and wisdom and even gods of the conquered nations all to bring it all home. When Judah was occupied, the Babylonians brought back to their home the best and the brightest young people that had promise, with the hopes that they could serve Babylon. Their goal was assimilation. In a sense, every city aims to make the people that live there their own. This was certainly true of Babylon, and it's also true of Miami. A people come to reflect the place where they dwell. As human beings, we assimilate the worldview and the life patterns of those around us. Now, this is the powerful influence that Daniel chapter 1 tells us came to bear on this group of young men from Judah. Now, thinking about this moment, 
we understand that young people are particularly vulnerable to the pressure to conform and fit in. Going off to Babylon was more than getting a new career for these young men. They were expected to become good Babylonians, to worship the gods of Babylon, to serve the king. Again, this process takes place to some degree in every city. We come to be citizens and to honor what the city honors, to serve the power that controls the city. Now, in our text, the Jewish young men were quickly given new names and were put in the education, put into the education, or what you might call the re-education program of Babylon. Their new names were derived from the names of the Babylonian deities. These men were expected to serve Babylon, and to serve Babylon was synonymous with serving Babylon's gods. Yes, cities and nations shape people for service within those nations and belief systems. Again, this is why we should want to know about our city and the shaping influences that are here, that are the pressure on our lives. Now, we've, we have to be careful here and to know that not everything is bad. Not everything distracts us from the true and living God and from serving him. But we tend to accept what our culture throws at us without looking at it critically, without assessing it. We need to be on the lookout. The next verse in chapter 1 of Daniel tells us what Daniel did to protect himself from harmful influences. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. That's Daniel 1.8. You see, Daniel determined he would only go so far with the program. He didn't have a choice in coming to Babylon, but he would reserve his right to choose what to accept and how he would live. Now, this is the process for believers living in any modern city. We ask, how can I remain faithful to the Lord as I am subject to the influences of the city? What is important to protect? How can I continue to walk with God in a healthy way? Now, as we look more closely at Miami, we're going to find that Miami has many gifts to give us as well. And it also has idols that can distract us. As we start this study, what influences do you see in the city for good and what for ill? And what things do you need to say that you will not defile yourself with these things and yet still stay in the city to serve here? Let's pray. Loving God, help us to be in the city, but not of the city. Give us eyes to see how to walk with you in the city of Miami, that we might learn your ways and enjoy your grace in Jesus. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.